Hi, this is Linda. Uh, and this is Joseph. With Generation to Generation. Yes. Today we're going to talk about forgiveness and uh, no apologies and forgiveness. No. Okay. <laughs> and you had it right the first time. Only because you have to learn how to forgive someone even though they don't apologize. So let's talk mm. about forgiveness first. Gotcha. And today uh, we are with our friends again, Pastor Kathy and Pastor James. Welcome to the broadcast again. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be with you again, as oh, always. Mm -hmm. So forgiveness, right? And working that out before you have to apologize, or oh, even if you don't get your apology. Yes. You gotta still work on some forgiveness, yeah, which could take a while. Because if they don't apologize, people. you still have that feeling and that emotion. So. Let's talk about how to deal with that. If they apologize, that's just a bonus, but at least you work on that part of forgiving the person. Okay. Or letting it go. So what do you guys think? We're coming to the experts. Uh-oh, uh-oh, let's look. Oh, Where are they? Not what? by a long shot. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think uh, forgiveness is, is uh, extremely important. I think it's important though the, to define what it is uh, and then to, to have the ability to do it, to develop the ability to do it. Uh, so I, I would start by just defining for forgiveness. For forgiveness for working purposes is releasing a person from a debt. It's basically releasing them from a debt. And, and so whenever a person offends you or does something that hurts your feelings, it creates a debt in that you feel like they owe you something. Mm -hmm. and, and that feeling of you owe me can uh, get us in a lot of trouble because we don't have control over them. They may not feel like they owe us. Mm -hmm. And so the inner Thing that's going on inside of us with dealing with I feel like you owe me can create bitterness, mm. uh, resentment, resentment uh, sharp, you know, a sharp, edgy type of feeling that uh, which then in turn can cause us to act in ways that are detrimental to, to closeness and caring and mm. cooperation. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, it forgiveness really is is understanding that it's really not about that that person that created the the debt. It's really about us that's holding the ticket to the debt. It, it has really very little to do with the other person. It has everything to do with the person that's hurt. Mm -hmm. Because you can't make another person um, apologize. You can't make another person feel like they offended you. Sometimes people are just who they are. Mm -hmm. And some people have, um, sometimes people can have quick and witty ways of saying things, but they are not sensitive enough to know that what they said hurt you, offended you, caused you to think about yourself in a, in a different way or, or, feel, or feel even less of your, uh, about yourself because of what was said. So we have to be very conscious of our words. And I think that people have learned to be more cautious of their words because we do a lot of texting. And for me, I know that sometimes I will try to review what I say before I hit the send button because I don't want it to be misinterpreted because I'm not there. You don't hear the tone of my voice. You don't see my body posture. You're not looking in my eyes. So you have no way of knowing what's the climate behind what I'm saying. And so I think in a, in a sense, we've started to learn how important good conversation is and a good conversation begins with what is that other person experiencing at this time you know 
we might have something important to say, but it might not be a good time to discuss something important because that person may not be present to respond back to you how you feel that you want to be responded to. Yeah, yeah, so, so uh, while a, a, an apology may be something that you, it's, it's the first thing that you can offer another person, it's actually the person that you hurt or offended is where forgiveness starts. Mm -hmm. It starts with them. Mm -hmm. and Making a decision. Yeah, and it begins with a decision and not an emotion. Mm -hmm. you, you never forgive a person you never wait till you feel like it to forgive a person. Mm. That that creates a lot of uh, unhealthy things that go on in inside of the person that's holding the offense. Uh, even the medical industry will tell you that the stress that you have to deal with, your body has to deal with, mm -hmm. to hold on to an offense mm -hmm. is. Uh, it's, it's detrimental to you. It hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. Mm -hmm. So it weakens your, I'm sorry. No, but, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. It weakens your immune system. Mm -hmm. It damages your organs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and sometimes people don't think about, you know how we've seen people that turn red, beat red because they're so angry. Mm -hmm. um, their, their fist balls up because they're so angry. And you can just you can just sense you can you can sense the negative emotion that's going on with them mm -hmm. and sometimes people aren't even aware of it because i've seen some people that are so red it's like if you don't if you don't bring your temperature down you could end up having a heart attack yeah stroke out or have yeah, a heart attack yeah yeah all kinds of things can happen especially over a period of time resentment held over a period of time mm -hmm. uh can become, well, the Bible calls it a stronghold. It, it can become a stronghold in your life. Mm -hmm. and, and that- Something that grabs you. Something that grabs you won't let go. go. And uh, that then becomes the, the uh, dictator of the process of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So forgiveness is, is really about keeping control over your own life. It's, it's, it's not letting something else decide your destiny or how you're going to function mm -hmm. it's you making the choice to decide this is not going to hold me or keep me from functioning mm -hmm. or doing the thing that i i know that i supposed to do mm -hmm. i i know in uh it just the other night and last night in fact in our our bible study we was talking about this and uh i i tried to paint this word picture it was so uh, and if you could imagine that you had a, uh, a quilt tied around you, a real long quilt, maybe a 30 or 40 foot quilt that's tied around you and you're walking through life and unforgiveness puts boulders on your quilt mm. and you have to drag <clears throat> those boulders everywhere you go because it's not the other person, it's in you. And you take it with you wherever you go. If you're walking up a hill of life, you drag that boulder up the hill. If you're going down, it, it's keeping you from getting there fast enough. It's just being, if you're trying to run, you can't run as fast as you would run because you're dragging this 100-pound boulder. And just think in terms of three or four boulders sitting on your sheet and how that can limit you from achieving potential in life. Mm -hmm. how, how can you get people though to see that or sense that? Because um, so, I, I, I understand the word picture, mm -hmm. but sometimes, you know, to get people to understand, you know, you're resentful, right? Mm -hmm. And this is who, this is how, how do you get people to actually see that? Because I, cause I can understand what you're saying, Mm -hmm. Because normally they don't sense you don't feel it right away. Mm -hmm. You know, think that you got a right to be upset and the right to be mad. Mm -hmm. So stuff is not happening to your body that you can sense right away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how, what are some key points or some techniques or I'm trying to figure out the right word 
it helps to get people to realize, hey, you know what, you actually are. Yeah, hurting, you know, dragging around this boulder, and you don't, you just don't feel it. So that's, I think, that's the thing that trips us up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Because you're, you can, you can start smoking or something, and you can start causing damage to your body. But since it's the first time you did it, mm -hmm. you don't feel the same way. I mean, you might, you know, cough or something, but something is still going on inside your body. Right, right. I mean. Right, and and as the analogy you use with smoking, uh, is also uh, if you have people around you carrying, dragging boulders too. And your your surrounding or that you interact with are a bunch of people carrying or dragging boulders, you can normalize dragging boulders. Mm. And and just res re resign to this is what life is. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the one thing I would say is, is uh, that stair step that we may have talked about in one of the other episodes, uh, four stairs to, uh, of learning and one is unskilled and unaware and the other one is unskilled but aware. And I think that is the step where you're saying how do you get people to become aware of the 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 uh, damage potential damage that can be caused that they could cause to themselves mm -hmm. by holding this? Uh, one is uh, you just you have to present the knowledge. You, and first of all, you you got to get uh, uh, hired as a uh, consultant. And once you're hired as a consultant, you've got to present the knowledge uh, and at the same time, model the, the, the proper way of behaving. Uh -huh. And, and <clears throat> because it's really, uh, uh, sadly to say, it's really up to them. You can't make people buy into that. Yeah. You know, and people have lived their life, uh, Joe, with four or five boulders just dragging them and they've normalized it and mm -hmm. thought that's all life was. And they never reach what they could have been and, and blame that on somebody else. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. It's, it's somebody else's fault because I didn't become, my life wasn't as good as I thought I wanted it to be, or I didn't achieve this thing I was going to achieve. I, the reality is I spent more energy in being upset at the person than I spent trying to achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. Then my goal became being upset. Mm -hmm. Man, it's so permeated this society. It's like, wow, how are we gonna get out this mess? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, that, that again, this is something that First of all, it needs to be modeled, mm -hmm. and, and I, I think it's why it's so important for healthy couples to to model what a healthy relationship looks like, and 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 so that children grow up understanding and normalizing something that's actually healthy for mm -hmm. them. And when they see the opposite, they're shocked. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> You know, it because the reality is at any point in your life, you can make the decision to free a person. Mm. If you hold them in, in captivity, the one that's in captive in captivity is actually you holding them. Mm. You're the one in captivity. They're not. You know, they're going on living their life, they're doing their thing. They may through their lens. They may have the orange pair of sunglasses on, you have the blue pair of sunglasses on. So what they did hurt your feelings. And because you are, it hurt your feelings, the person with the problem has to speak. So you speak up, but because of their lens, they don't see it as a problem. Yes. So, so now they not, because they don't see this as a problem and they may not have the goodwill that they should have for you because they may have normalized goodwill is dangerous not to have it. So they, they keep a safe distance. 
they don't think this is important enough to do anything about, or they can become arrogant and mm. self-centered and all of those kinds and of insensitive. insensitive. Cause I was just thinking mm -hmm. about people that will say things. And I know we've all heard this. I didn't mean it mm. mm -hmm. or get over it. Mm. Like, like what they said didn't damage you somehow. But if you keep saying the wrong thing again and again and again, at some point you've got to see the blood. You've got, you've got to see that I'm bleeding from what you're saying to me. But some people are very callous. Mm -hmm. um, they, live, they live in a world that is just about them and no one else. So when they say things or when they do things, it doesn't affect them because they, they have a hard heart. I'll just say it that way. Mm -hmm. And people that are hard hearted uh, can, can look at something happen and not feel a thing. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't bother them because it's not directly affecting them. Mm -hmm. It can affect someone else, but Hey, that's them. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's what, that's what has caused us to, I, I think even as a nation, we're separated because we're looking through different lenses and I don't care what you see. Mm -hmm. it does, it's, it's not me. It may be my neighbor, but it doesn't affect me because I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. But if we do things as a group of people and turn our backs, we're turning our backs on our neighbors. And it's, it's important to live together because if anything comes against us, we can't fight on our own. We always need someone else to, you know, hook up with us. And so what is it that we need to do and have a strategy? And it's important that our children see this demonstrated. Mm -hmm. They see us working together. Okay, we've got a problem. Okay, what do we need to do as a family to resolve this problem? Because the problem might be affecting um, a member of the family. It might be affecting the children. And as mom and dad, oh, that doesn't bother me. That's my child. Well, yes, it should bother you because you're, um, we're, we're, we're a community, we're, we're family. I mean, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. all of us have to come together and work for a solution that will, that will help everyone, not just me, mm -hmm. but help everyone. I think uh, one concept uh, is biblical in its essence, but it says to keep your heart mm. with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life and, and to really, un, to really make that come to life, it means guard against boulders, mm. <laughs> you know, because it's always people trying to put boulders on you, whether this, con whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously, mm -hmm. they're trying to put boulders on your your quilt, mm -hmm. <laughs> you you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, you have to guard against that, and you, if they don't see it, you still have. You still have to guard against it. The only way you can get boulders off of you is, is to let them go. Because mm -hmm. when you let them go, the boulder goes with them. Mm -hmm. It's no longer in you now. And I, I don't know if anyone has ever um, done this, but there are some people that are just, they have toxic personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, and to keep from getting poisoned, you have to you have to suit yourself up not to be if if I come around you then I have to have on a hazmat suit and that gets old mm -hmm. after a while I just don't want to be around you because there's too much work mm -hmm. and we have to ask ourselves am I causing people to have to step outside of their comfort zone to be with me because after a while it's a, that's a lot of work just to be around you I have to watch what I say I have to watch what I do I have to watch the way I behave. Um, and, and one of the most precious things in a good relationship is that you can be yourself. And that doesn't mean I give you free rights to just say what you wanna say and think how you wanna think and feel how you wanna feel because you have to be conscious of the fact that you're not in this relationship by yourself. There's someone else in it with you. So the two of you together agree that 
there's, I'm not going to allow poison to come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to be toxic so that you end up getting, um, you know, uh, burned or, or, or you end up getting sick because you're around me. Because sometimes if, and, and I'll just take, for instance, a family. There are families that are toxic. They're sick because they have clustered themselves within their own home and they've said things or thought things or did things uh, based on what they feel, mm -hmm. not being open to other people's feelings or other people's experiences and what it must feel like, you know, uh, to be poor. You won't have a heart for the poor unless you've experienced a little bit of poverty. If you've always had things wonderful, you may not have the, the, the capacity to uh, have empathy toward people that are barely making it or struggling. Now, there are some people that have had it good most of their life, and they just have a good heart, and they want to help others. And then there are some people that said, well, hey, you got to make it for yourself. I, I think uh, the analogy, again, of uh, uh, the quilt. Yeah, the quilt, as far as uh, un unskilled and unaware, and then unskilled but aware, mm -hmm. and then skilled and aware means I, I now I'm fumbling with this and it's awkward to me, but I'm removing these stones. Mm -hmm. I'm taking them out. I'm purposefully taking stones mm -hmm. off of my quilt. I have an awareness. Mm -hmm. I have an awareness of it. And that then becomes, I now need to know, now that I've let this person go, now that I've released them, they don't owe me anything. I actually have to view them as if they don't owe me anything. Mm. To, to do that, I got to deal with the hurt that's going on in me. Mm -hmm. I got I to actually work mm. on I like to call it the knot that's setting up in my chest because forgiveness doesn't has anything to do with the knot. It has to do with releasing them so I can get free. But at the same, now, now that I free them, now I'm free to deal with the knot in me. Okay. So quite often a person holds on to forgive. I, I, I have to ask myself a few questions. Why do I want to hold on to this? What, what, I've let them go, but I'm still inside trying to hold on to it. Mm. And it's creating resentment and bitterness. And sometimes that bleeds off in, into hostility and, and bad behavior. So I'm asking myself this question. Uh, am I pouting? Because if I'm pouting, it could because I come out of a culture that normalized pouting. I'm, I'm saying I'm letting you go, but actually I'm trying to make you pay. Mm -hmm. Holding on to a grudge. Mm -hmm. Emma? I was gonna say, excuse me. So you said that, so what about I forgive you, but I will never forget. No, that's a real, that's a reality. Mm -hmm. that, that's a reality. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that's a reality. Just cause you forgive a person, I mean, you, you don't know what they did or you probably will never forget what they did. Mm -hmm. It's just that what you have, what we are doing now is taking the sting out of what they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, because that can mean two things the way I'm inter interpreting it. I forgive you, but I will never forget, mm -hmm. right? Not, not forgetting about reality. Mm -hmm. So it's the wisdom and all that, but also saying it, oh, I forgive you, but I'm never gonna forget. Like at some point, I'm gonna do a little something to you yeah, because you can have, I think you can have both flavors of it. Yeah, and if you got that at some point thing going, you might yeah. want to examine, am I really forgiving you? Because yeah. forgiving you means I'm letting you go. I, you're actually free. You don't owe me anything. Now. Yeah. So and it's just a decision that mm -hmm. you, you come, you come to a conclusion. This is not, this is not um, good for me. It's not healthy for me. Nothing is getting done. 
nothing is being accomplished. So I have to make a decision. Do I let them go? Yep. Not forgetting what they've done, because that's that, you know, will always probably be in our mind because we, you know, we take pictures of things that happen and it stays in our mind, but choosing not to act on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and quite often uh, because of, of uh, things that people have done to you, you, you tend to have to set up boundaries around mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. you know, because everybody's not, uh, everybody's not able to, to be around you and not create pain for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I one of the things I tell people, especially in relationships that where they're having trouble. Okay, so the first order of business: stop creating pain. Stop creating pain. And and that you start to really look at that and start to examine it. Am I doing this as a retaliatory uh, uh, action? Am I trying to punish you? Am I trying to hurt you because I feel hurt by something you said or done? Am I trying to hurt you? Because if I'm trying to do that, I still haven't forgiven you. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't freed you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to punish. I'm in trying to make a person pay. You you put yourself in bondage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that person is going on about their oh, business. Yeah. <laughs> they're just willy-nilly and all over the place and you still have this knot they're sound asleep getting real good sleep and fully, <laughs> fully rested and they're like oh whew. and you over there just mad and tired and sleeping <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you got steam coming out of your ear yeah. You didn't get for three hours of sleep. They got nine hours. How dare, you know, yeah, it could be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it go. I mean, you gotta. And it, 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 yeah, it, but, and again, that starts with a decision. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. It starts with a decision. Yeah. And our lives are too important to do without skills. Right. And the one thing we have to learn about our lives is our emotions cannot dictate how we live. Mm -hmm. They have never, any time a person is living by their emotions, they're open to be taken advantage of. That is not a strong person. You're a target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, let me see what I can do to her uh, today. Yeah. 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 I, I remember growing up and a lot of people, and some people throughout my life growing up, was they try to like, Joe, why aren't you mad? You should be mad right now. Oh, they did that to me, you know, and they were, they tried to get me, you should be angry. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't I'm like, you know what? I never see the person again. I don't hang around the person that much. I'm just, I mean, you know, that's when I thought I had a lot more sense back then. I think I lost it, but anyway, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I had people in my life, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that actually did that. You know, you, you know how the, the people that you're driving with in the car and then they reach and then somebody cut in front of you and they're in a the passenger seat and they reach over and, and do the whole thing. <laughs> you ever, you never had people do that? I had people do that when I was, yeah. Throughout my life. I let them do that. You know, I was like, why are you, because they don't think that I did it. Right. Stop their car, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. And mess up my car, and you the one that blew the horn. And then you gonna get an attitude when I ask you to pay for the damage. <laughs> but you know, sometimes sometimes people live in the world of um, I wouldn't let them do that to me. Yeah. You know, how, aren't you gonna say something? It's like that. Some people are very ticky. Any little thing, every little thing ticks them off, even if it doesn't include them, even if it's not about them. You know, well, I wouldn't take that if I were you. You know, oh, you're just being a punk. You yeah. know what? No, I'm wanting to live my life and not deal with drama. Some people are drama, drama actor. They just they live in the, in the world of drama, and I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that, and I don't want it. 
I don't want it in my life. And then they and then they call you up, Pastor Kathy, and tell you, hey, could you come down and pick me up? <laughs> After you know, you know why they're there, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Is there some people that don't even know they're holding on to unforgiveness? I mean, can, yeah. can it be, what would you say or how can they recognize it? I mean, like you almost have to kind of think, how do I feel about each person? Am I holding on? Yeah. It's, Feeling unaware stuff. Yeah, it's, it's unaware and normalized. That, and one of the reasons it's unaware is because it's normalized. Just they just normalize it. They grew up in that kind of environment. They grew up around those kinds of people, and they just normalized it, you, you know. And and settle for this is how life is. Mm -hmm. So so the the only only thing I I would say is okay. It starts with you can never change nothing if you don't know nothing. The first right. first step is 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 not knowledge information. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then then once information is there. What has to happen is the person has to experience somebody else in a different environment mm -hmm. who's strong enough to not allow that to happen to them. Right. And, you know, I thought about people who, um, who you, you have families that live with guns, not a gun, but they live with guns yeah. in the family. And I'm thinking if anybody ever got out of control and, and we probably heard it on the news didn't maybe get all the the information as to why this happened but sometimes people just lose it they allow their anger to just reach a, a point of no return and people have killed loved ones they've killed they've killed family members and sometimes you you wonder what caused that you know normalizing bad behavior, mm -hmm. normalizing unhealthy behavior, normalizing toxic relationships, that can get you literally killed. We, yeah. It happens all the time. If, if, if the news were to give us um, uh, feedback about everything that came across their desk, but they decided not to air it on their program, it would be a lot mm -hmm. because this happens all the time. Yeah. I think we compare as well. As long as I'm not as bad as this person. When this person get mad, you know what I mean? They do this. Mm -hmm. So I think we compare ourselves with each other to justify, you know, ourselves. It's this world. It's this world. I'm telling, I'm telling you, the, 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 the things that we get taught in this world. Yeah. You know, wrong is right. Right yeah. has become wrong and wrong has become right. Yeah. Yes, yep. sir. Yes, sir. So how do we get this stuff off our quilt? How do we let this stuff go? You need a forklift because those bones are heavy. <laughs> you need a forklift, man. <laughs> Mr. Joe always brings levity. Oh, it's good. It's, yeah, yeah. Thank uh, you, I, Mr. Joe. <laughs> that means you need some serious help. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you can't pick it up. You got to get it, yeah. That translate into what? That forklift translate into what? See, I like I like analogies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, pastors, the, the forklift translates into what? Some serious help, like you said. <laughs> some strong, uh, some strong uh, uh, assistance. Sometimes it can be a, a, a counselor, or it could be a, a coach. A coach. Mm -hmm. uh, it, can, it can be some healthy people. That you mm -hmm. hang out with, or mm -hmm. uh, and that can can give you information and model it at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, quite often, anger management people that take anger management are in denial. They don't think they have anger problem. Right? <laughs> you know, they think it's the other person. <laughs> it's their fault. I feel this yeah. way. You, you know, uh, yet. Anger management courses give you give you tools. Mm -hmm. It gives you tools to use to manage your anger. Mm -hmm. uh, we 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 in the one that we teach is called. There's a tool there called a um, anger thermometer. Mm. And uh, anger thermometer it gives you a rate, a scale, 
how how were you irritated? Were you mildly irritated? Uh, were you were you anger angry? Uh, were you uh, furious? Furious uh, uh, this week? Where where were you this week? In mm -hmm. in be the beginning of the process is to start to monitor yourself. Mm -hmm. Monitor yourself because if you don't monitor yourself, we're acting we're acting out of emotion and we're acting off of. Uh, we're just reacting. We don't. Mm -hmm. We don't have a clue that this thing actually has a grip on us. Mm -hmm. And then they also give the image of an iceberg. Mm -hmm. You know, we always see the top of an iceberg, but that gives us no clue about what that bad boy looks like underneath. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what happened to the Titanic. You know, they didn't understand. I mean, by the time they saw it, it was too late. Mm -hmm because it had done a lot of damage underneath the ship. And so paying attention to where your uh, thermometer is helps you to get in a vein of, okay, I can't let that take me over the edge. I can't allow that to ruin my day. You know, that's that person, that's not me. Because mm -hmm. the, only, the only person that we have control over is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have control over ourselves, we can be just like that other person that is just going way out in left field and starting to throw things, you know, it's time to leave the room, you know, they're starting to say things, it's time to pay attention, okay, they're starting to say some things and it sounds like they don't have a handle on their tongue, so maybe this would be a good time to leave, though th there's, there's signs that let us know that person isn't healthy. That person isn't aware of their behavior and how it's affecting other people. So like, like forgiveness, uh, anger, the emotion anger, see the forgiveness part is a decision, but the emotion anger, uh, it, it starts with, I need to know, see anger never, is the result of somebody else doing it to you. It's the result of you deciding to get angry because of what someone did. That, that means all, what they did was just a stimuli. Mm, but, and that stimuli came to you and you processed it mm -hmm. and made a decision about what to do about it. So if you make a decision to get mad, you can make a decision not to get mad. Mm -hmm. But as long as I think you're making me mad, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm helpless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm helpless. I'm at your mercy. Yeah, I have no power. <laughs> you no, have no. all the power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so I need to know what my triggers are. Mm -hmm. And so with the anger thermometer, it says, Every day, monitor. Okay, what got, where was I today? Okay, I was uh, mildly irritated. So underneath that, it says, what made me mildly irritated? Mm -hmm. What was the thing that did that to me? After a while, I get to know me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the things that do this to me. Mm -hmm. And now that I know where I am and what's happening to me, I figure out, I learned that I have power over me because at, at the end of the day, I'm the one making the decision. It's not the stimuli. It's me making the decision. And I was thinking about someone taking inventory in a, in a warehouse. Mm -hmm. You need to know how much product you have. You need to know what you need to order, or you need to know what you can hold off on. And if you don't take inventory, you can end up buying unnecessary products or you can use that product before you even know that, hey, we don't have as much as we thought we had. Mm -hmm. So taking inventory of yourself is, is a, a, a process, learning who you are, learning why you are, learning um, where there's some outside influences that cause you to feel the way you do. You know, because there's a lot of things that go into Am I willing to forgive? Am I willing to let go? Am I willing to give an apology? Uh, am I willing to um, work on me? 
that's the hardest thing to do is to look at yourself and be honest about who you are as a person because we don't want to see faults you know somebody says oh you got a little something on your mouth and it's like no i don't they can see it you can't <laughs> you know they say oh you you know here here's a tissue you know you might want to go to the restroom and just you know i actually did that at work one time because someone was talking to me and they had a little something going on in the nose and i just gave them a tissue rather than embarrass them i gave them a tissue i said you might want to go into the restroom and take care of that and they knew what i was saying but they weren't aware of it because they couldn't see themselves mm -hmm. and it's hard to see us for who we are because we don't like to see the bad we don't like to see the realities we just well, the realities i say yeah right we don't like to see the realities where we are humans and yeah 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 so, so basically knowing your buttons like what button you have where's your buttons mm -hmm. and why are they your buttons almost like the banana i use when i told you the story about the banana it's it's knowing what makes you slip what makes you slide what makes you fall into getting upset or getting out of control or giving up your power mm -hmm. so you know where are the bananas on the floor so you can go around it or pick it up you know like what are you going to do with it well my challenge then is so because i like analogies so some people are like flies <laughs> right okay, okay. explain a little more <laughs> well yeah do you know that you know you're sitting there and that fly comes and, it, and you, know, you know what i mean they, so now the fly is just being a fly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. flying around right so what do you do in that scenario Okay, with a with a fly, you probably get a fly swatter, but with a person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the person that's the fly. <laughs> and and then even before that, I would say look to see if there's any open windows or doors. Why yeah. why is the fly in the house? The yeah. fly's not supposed to be in the house. Yeah. So what boundaries are broken? Basically? So yeah, so that that person that's like that fly, how do you? Because you're just sitting there minding your business. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you you again the, the whole thing would be then uh, you might have to remove yourself from the fly's presence for for a little while uh, until the fly can figure out the fly who is a person that has the capacity to figure out. Yeah, they don't want to be around me. <laughs> yeah, wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you as a person, because you as a person, like, and I'm trying to uh, circle it back to the buttons and stuff. Like, so if you as a person got this person that's acting like a fly, mm -hmm. you know, button, you start to get angry now, mm -hmm. right? So you have to figure out, you know, like you were saying, you got to figure out your buttons and 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 what pushes your. Uh, I would say, but pushes your button. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, you understand what I'm trying to go with. I understand what you're saying, but there's a part that probably help your theory a little bit better. Is with the fly. What is the first thing that we do? We go yeah, like we, this. We at it. So, as in a person, that's telling them doing the X Y Z that we talked about before. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the problem. This is how I feel before you get to that extreme. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And like um, I think Pastor Barr, she she was saying is fine with the open line. That means we set your boundaries. There's a boundary that you allow this person to go farther in. And then if it gets to the point that they can't get this, like the fly can't figure out you need to go away, then we need to go away, like Pastor Flowers said, of in a fly case you know what i mean kill it or you know you you cannot have a healthy relationship with that person you have to take care of yourself first so get up and remove yourself and just get up and walk away from the person mm -hmm. exactly but if they start but if it's a fly you kill it you don't yeah. want <laughs> but no what i'm saying is just to, to further the analogy is as you walk away to remove yourself from that like flies do like a person that start following you you know yeah, what i mean they're they're not uh a person that's doing that is probably not uh, aware of what they're doing to you. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that's probably not very healthy thing to do to a person. Yeah. Uh, and, and so again, in the process of, of uh, connecting with different people, it's, it's really important to be healthy. And because it's healthy people that recognize other healthy people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, uh, it's, and in the process, sometimes we discover we may not be as healthy as we thought we are. And then we do the, the work to develop to become healthier, if that's such a word. Uh-huh, it's a word, yeah, it's legit. De developing, because <laughs> at step two, which is where we are, uh, unskilled but aware now, it still doesn't develop skills. Mm -hmm. That's just, I know I need to do something. Mm -hmm. it's, it's step three of this thing that really starts to develop skills, which is really awkward, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. it, it's doing the work mm -hmm. to change me, mm -hmm. doing the work. And, and, and even with unforgiveness, it's the same thing. I can be at step two, I'm, 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 a, I'm aware of it, but I don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's step three that starts the process. It can be painful, but it's, it is the beginning of starting the process of becoming skilled as well as aware. Mm -hmm. you, learning, learning is possible at step two. You can't really start to learn when you don't know that you don't know. Right. That's not a learning place. It's just, a, you know, and there's a lot of people that don't know they don't know. <laughs> okay, so the beginning of learning is step two, which is skilled, un skilled and uh, unskilled, but aware, which means I'm, I know that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know that I don't know. So now I begin to do, okay, so there, it ain't you now, it's me, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's me. So step three then becomes, Okay, I need to do something about what I don't know, mm -hmm. that I know I don't know. Now, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So anger management classes uh, are, we might be a step if anger is the beginning of that process. Uh, a, a, a coach or someone to help that's, that's safe, that you can really deal, deal with uh, what happened to us in the past that may be triggers for us now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And even I was going to say, even um, if you have someone that is genuinely concerned about you as a person and they know when you're kind of going over the edge, they can give you a look without saying a word. Mm -hmm. They can give you a look to say, OK, that was a little sharp. You mm -hmm. know, your tongue was a little sharp mm -hmm. um, or you were a little um, curt. Do they call it curt? you were a little curt with that person. Mm -hmm. And so it helps because I have a coach. I have someone that helps me um, and lets me know without making me feel bad, without making me feel like, oh, you're a bad person. You didn't handle that right. He can just give me a look and lets me know, okay, let's, let's, let's try to do that different next time. Not better, let's do it different. So it gives you food for thought. And that's what we do as families. That's what we do as couples. We help each other grow mm -hmm. because growth is what makes relationships healthy. Mm -hmm. It's what makes relationships grow. It's what makes them blossom and flourish and any other adjective you wanna throw in there. But all of us are, all of us are learning. You never get, to the place where you can't learn right you know because then that's arrogance oh nobody can teach me anything okay <laughs> okay but if there's something going on that we don't agree with or that it offends us it's time like james said it's time to speak up and say something you hurt my feelings yeah. i wish you hadn't said that or wish you hadn't said it like that yes now i have a question I learned the hard way of when somebody truly, truly offend you and they do apologize because I know the right thing is to forgive them. And I, I, I know the bad part of it. I always said, I'm not going to hold on to stuff, but I think I said, I forgive you before I allow myself to deal with the pain. Mm. That's, that's normal process. Mm -hmm. That is normal. 
Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Because somebody said, I should say, I'm going to try to forgive you. I'm working on forgiving you, but don't just say, I forgive you right after they offend you. When you, when it's a clear offense, I mean, they know, you know, it's like totally horrible and they apologize and you say, it's okay. You know, I'll, I forgive you. And it's like, you didn't even take in everything that they said yet. And you already said you'll forgive them. And now they expect you to act like you, everything's okay and that, mm -hmm. but you're like still processing it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you might again, have to have that conversation that, like you say, I'm, I'm processing through the, the hurt, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm not, it has nothing to do with you now. It's just about me, mm -hmm. you know? And you're speaking in the affirmative when mm -hmm. you say, I forgive you. Yeah. Um, but you have to uh, let that person know, I have to work on this. It's a, like, like we're saying, we're all saying, it is a process. Mm -hmm. We say it because we know it's the right thing to do and we want to forgive. We don't want to hold on to poison and keep drinking from that bottle and just killing ourselves. But at the same time, we want to do right by that person, especially if we're in a relationship with them, especially if it's between a mom and a dad or a, a, a siblings, or if it's something that a child did to their, to their sister or their brother, you know, because we automatically say, say, I'm sorry, but we don't explain what that is. That is so true. Because I remember I did that to my boys. They offended each other. And I told one of them to say sorry to the other one. And they went to him saying, mama said to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then they turned around and said, the other one's like, well, I'll forgive you because mama told me I have to. Yeah. You know? And that was it. I'm looking like something went wrong. <laughs> like, I, I, I taught them right, but I didn't teach them right because I didn't tell them the background of it. I just said, you suppose, you know what I mean? Like you have to You have to spend that time. You have to actually spend that time to and, and if teacher. I would have never heard them actually do that, <laughs> <laughs> if they, if I, you know what I mean? Like if it so happens they would have did it in the back room or something, I would have never known they didn't get it. Like I had to like, wow, you, I, I'm thinking I'm teaching them, but I skipped a step. Yeah, you have been so proud of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the first thing you do is model it, mm -hmm. you know, and because kids, I mean, their brains aren't completely developed. Um, they're, they're, they do reach a stage where they're starting to understand some abstract concepts, but it still needs to be modeled. And then you start teaching so that they can understand it enough to actually do it and know what they're doing. I like that of teaching because you can model it and because you're, you're letting it go and stuff, they still don't know how you're yeah. thinking mm -hmm. that you actually have to teach them or talk about it. Right. Like, yeah, you know, what happened last week still bothers me. I'm still letting it go with this other person, mm -hmm. but I chose not to let them know I'm still dealing with, you know, like have that conversation. So that's what I had to learn how to do with right. them because the other way just wasn't, you can't just say you supposed to you do mm -hmm. this or how to do this. Cause it was always mama said. <laughs> Well, it's it's like uh, teaching our children to say the Pledge of Allegiance. They have no clue, no clue what that means. Yeah. They have no clue at all. Or teach them the Lord's Prayer. They have no clue yeah. until they get to an age where cognitively they, you know, the mind is starting to develop, where they can get concrete um understanding about certain things so it's important to teach them to do the right thing but then it's also important to teach them why mm -hmm. the, why. the why the why is important because they'll do it just like a little robot i'm sorry i'm sorry mama said say, i'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, mama said, say i'm sorry i'm sorry so but, but i'm so mad <laughs> My question is, I, I know with you, Pastor James, we had the conversation before, and I would love for you to say it on the podcast, <laughs> podcast um, that you, if somebody has a hard time of forgiving the person, like it's just within, 
that is not within them, that they have to go to God. Do you remember how you described how to do it when somebody's stuck of forgiving somebody? Yeah, well, yeah, I would, I, in, in our, in, in our church or in the Christian community, it's, it's going to the cross. Uh, what, what that means is, first of all, I need to realize that I am not perfect. And I have done things that hurt other people. So if I'm not perfect, I have actually have no real right to not forgive you. There's no real reason for me not to forgive you. Because I'm not perfect. Because either. I'm not perfect and need forgiving. And the Christian takes it to the next level. Okay, what have I been forgiven of? Because that puts me in the frame of reference so that when I look at you, I don't have this feeling of, well, you shouldn't have done this. Well, superior. Yeah, because there's so much that I shouldn't have done mm. that I was released from, mm. that I didn't have to pay for. Mm. So I, I'm in the wrong place when I'm trying to make you pay for something. Mm. When when God didn't make me pay. Right. So, so the, that's the beginning of dealing with the inner knot, getting in the right place to deal with the knot. Uh, most of the time we're that, but you don't understand, but you don't, you don't know what they did, or you don't know what they said, but you, you, you don't, you don't, you wasn't there. You don't see what they did to me. Okay. But the reality is, I need to go to what I did to put me in the right frame of mind to look at you. Because if I was released, I have no justifiable reason to hold you. And, you know, that speaks, if I'm holding on to, to unforgiveness, that doesn't have, that doesn't speak about you. It speaks about me. The only person that can make this right after you've let them go is you. The one that's hurt is the only one that can fix it. The other person can't fix it. You can punish them all of your life, but you will they can never fix what they've done. They can never fix it. And they get stuck on trying to, that the other person should make them whole again. And that's not real. That's not realistic. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Because no one can make. It's not about them and them being whole. It's about us, me, and me being whole. <laughs> you know. You know. They may not choose to want to be whole. <laughs> you know. You know. And you know, we live in this democratic society, this melting pot of different people with all these different cultures and all these different upbringings and all these different things they've been taught. And we're all here on the same planet. We gotta live together. Well, how do I live here and stay healthy? Because ultimately I'm gonna run into some of these kind of people. People that don't have value for me just because of my color. And they act out like they don't have value. What do I do with that? <laughs> you know, you know, how do I get away from people that don't value me? How do I get away from people that don't respect me? Boundaries, I put up boundaries. But once I put up boundary and they're out there where the fly is, I can't keep dwelling on them. <laughs> I can't keep saying, man, did you see what they did? Can you, how could they, I gotta let them go. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, let them go. Um, I think um, so. This is this is very good. So now, are we picking up next week then, or ne not next week, but uh, next time for the apology section of it? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. And I'm glad we kind of did the supper because it is a lot. It's about you for the for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's all about you. About you. Yeah, and that's the hard part. People get stuck on thinking they give up their power. I give my power to Joe that he offended me, and now he has to make me whole again because he offended me. And I didn't. I don't realize, or I, you know, that I gave him the power to to fix me instead of 
you know what? If whatever he does, I have to make myself right again. I have to make myself whole. I have to, you know, I might have that scar and I might have it for life, but I have to deal with, you know, with it. Because he can't fix you. <laughs> Only right. way to fix you is you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing for me because people keep saying, I'm waiting for them to make me whole. And that might never happen. Yeah. Right. So the person might pass away and they're still waiting. Was, it's funny. You, well, not funny, but it's, it's, it's uh, ironic you said that because that was part of the discussion last night. Mm. The person, they, they're holding a, a unforgiveness on a person that's passed away. What do I do with that? <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, on that note, then, uh, this has been a good segment. Um, we thank you for your time, Pastor James, and and enlightening. Uh, always my pleasure. I always enjoy this and learn from you, learn from the two of you. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. So we want to uh, say to our listeners, uh, please uh, comment below. Um, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Uh, click that bell, right? Get notified when new videos are, are uploaded. And so we will see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in. All Take right. Care. Bye. All right.